Um, today, I'm usually normally a very emotional, energetic, for those of you who know me, I definitely always have something to say, and I say it with charisma. Um, but today, what's really on my heart is just to simply go through scripture, um, just simply hear the word of God and um, just go through it concisely and clearly. So um, I was asked by Bethany and Daryl to speak specifically on a topic which is very dear to my heart. It's something that the Lord has brought me through. I feel like I say this whenever I preach, but that's a good thing. He says, I was talking with Daryl. I'm like, I don't know. Like just, you know, your own mind thoughts and everything. And he's like, he's like, it's by the power of your testimony. And that really encourages me because um, there is a testimony, and it says even in Revelations, that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. And um, so that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to overcome by the power of my testimony. And I pray that you guys are encouraged and um, that the Lord just touches you guys. So we're going to go into speaking on stewardship. Um, it's a very practical topic but as much as this is one thing I have to say, actually, is I've experienced in my age group and maybe younger, not so much older, I'm about 29, um, but younger, is there's a lot of what I see, it's a beautiful thing, but what I see is there's a lot of, um, how do I say it, like spirit lead. That's so wrong. But it's all about spirit, 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 and there's no practical application where it almost causes us to be a people that are tossed to and fro in the wind of, oh, gotta go here. Oh, gotta go here. This is where I feel like, and I'm not speaking against that. We need to be led by the spirit, but there is something to be said about practical application about what the Word of God says for us to do, whether we see the fruit of it in the now and in this moment, or whether we see it in the eternity to come when we enter into the kingdom, or we see it in 20 years from now. But the Lord's, and, and that's where stewardship even comes in, is it's a very practical application. It's not about, well, I just don't feel like the Spirit of God is telling me to do that. I just, don't, I just don't feel the Holy Spirit on that. Well, you know what? The word of God says sow and you will reap. And there's things that he says to sow so that you will reap. I mean, we can use the example of money. We sow our money and we may not reap in this life. We may reap in the life to come. We may reap in this life. I don't know what that looks like for everybody. But what I'm saying is there's a principle of the kingdom. Where when we sow into something, we reap something. There's a song by Justin Rizzo that I adore. It's kind of corny. And Daryl and Will probably are like, Crystal, you're so lame. Why are you listening to that? But he, he kind of preaches in his, song, in his music where he says, if you are either you sow into the spirit or you sow into the flesh, you're doing one or the other all the time. And there's something to be said about constantly going, okay, I'm going to give of my tithe. I'm going to give of my time. I'm going to give of my energy, whether I feel God on it or not. There's times when I'm in worship and I don't feel God. But you know what? There's a faith 
that I've had, that I've, by a gift that's been given to me that I go, no, I don't feel a cotton picking thing, <laughs> but I will lift my hands and worship you. I will make a decision because you are great and you are worthy to be praised. Whether I have the full understanding of that, whether I have the full revelation of that, or whether I have an emotion, emotional feeling or not. And that transfers into our life. That transfers into the way that we live our life. Um, going into my testimony, I really probably about seven years ago, give or take, um, was, I'm going to give you guys a little some personal information. Um, so about seven years, I came to the Lord seven years ago. And, but before that happened, it was actually a financial breakdown, <laughs> emotionally broke down. Um, I worked at my job for about a year. It was the first time I was 1099. If you don't know what a 1099 is, what it is, is it's how you're paid. I'm not an employee. I'm an independent person. Therefore, when I get a paycheck, there's taxes that are not automatically taken out. So you have to learn how to budget your money and steward it properly to pay those taxes. Well, I was clueless. I was 20 years old, had no idea, 21 maybe, had no idea what that looked like, how that transferred, whatever. So the first year, I'm just getting a paycheck, like, woo, I'm getting paid. Well, April comes around, <laughs> glory be. I get my um, tax statement in of what I owe, I file, and I broke down in tears. Because on top of it, I was also in credit card debt that I racked up through like 18 to 21. You know, you go to a store and they're like, oh, 20% off if you open up a credit card. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. And I kind of had a shopping problem back in the day. And um, so I racked, I, I, to the point to show you the extremity of it, the intensity of it, that it overwhelmed me, I literally went and saw a lawyer to file for bankruptcy at 21 years old. Um, so it was extremely overwhelming and burdensome. And uh, so I actually called my dad on the phone. And uh, mind you, I'm not walking with the Lord at this time. I'm completely off doing my own thing, clueless of even what Jesus, I, know, I knew Jesus, but not paying attention to him. Um, and I called my dad and just in tears, what do I do? I have taxes to pay. I have this to pay. I'm like, I had just gotten in a car accident like six months previously, which put me upside down in my car. So in other words, my car was worth maybe five grand, but I owed 10 grand on it. Like it just was like one thing after another, after another. And then I had medical bills on top of it because I didn't have insurance and I had surgery, all of the above. So there was just medic, um, money, finances, just constantly, some form or another, accumulating of what I owed, debt, credit, all of the above. And um, so I called my dad in tears, just in tears, overwhelmed. And I think back to it of like, oh my gosh, it overwhelms me thinking about it. Um, but the one thing my dad, God bless him, think, like, who, like, I love my dad. Um, but he just said, Crystal, he said, you need to tithe. And I was like, tithe? What are you talking about? Like, I knew, I knew because I grew up in a Christian home where we tithed. We knew of that as children. We got our allowance. We had to tithe. Um, but it wasn't something I was walking in. Again, I'm not walking with the Lord at this time. 
So I was like, tithe. And for some odd reason, by the Spirit of God, by, by it's Jesus alone. Um, but for some reason, I was like, yeah, you're right. I do need to tithe. I think I'll start doing that. That's actually what got me on to looking for a church. Is I was like, if I'm going to tithe, I'm going to give it. Because I knew I would experience the Holy Spirit as a child. I grew up, um, if you guys don't know, in the church that Bethany and Daryl were a part of. Their mother was my youth pastor. I experienced the presence of God. I grew up with Daryl leading worship. There was a, a, a definite place, a, a tangible experience with the presence of God as a child. And um, so I knew the truth of it. I, I, I couldn't deny it. I wasn't walking in it. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll tithe. So I'm going to looking for a church. And I'm like, well... Here's my practical thinking coming in. If I'm going to tithe someplace, I'm not going to tithe to like some Joe Schmo church that's like lame and wimpy and pathetic. Like I'm just not going to do that. So I literally, this again is my practicalities, made an Excel spreadsheet, got all like my list of churches. I looked on all their mission statements and I'm like, okay, they believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They need like, okay, like they believe in Jesus. I'm not giving my money to some fruity tooty like weirdo place. And that actually sent me on a quest to find a church. And on a side note, aside from the finances of things, um, every time I went to a church, it does, I could name you churches that you'd probably like, really? You got touched by God there? <laughs> Interesting. I got touched by the Lord every single church I went to. Um, because I was like, I got to make sure they're legit. I'm not looking. I wasn't necessarily. And now I can look back and go, yeah, you were kind of looking. There was definitely a searching heart that I had. Um, but at the moment, I was oblivious. Um, so ultimately, that's what, you know, the, the one point of what really brought me back to the Lord was the area of breakdown in finances. There was multiple other things, but that was a part to play. And um, so every time I got paid, I got paid once a month. And so whatever church I found myself at that week when I got a paycheck, that if I felt they were legit, if they were like cool or okay, like, all right, I'll give you my money. <laughs> like, so I, I, I gave my tithe to that church. Well, long story short, I ended up here at J-Hop. At the time, we didn't have a church. I was going to another church. But um, all through that, kind of where I'm going with this is when it comes to tithe, and I'm going to touch on this point. It's not the whole sermon. Don't worry about it. Um, tithing is very important. Whether, again, going back to what I said, whether you experience God in the moment or you don't have the money tangibly, it is very important to tithe. Not for necessarily who you're giving it to, but it's even something to be, like the Lord entrusts it to us. And there is a place of giving back to the Lord as worship to him. Um, but going back to even the debt that I accrued, the accident that I had with medical bills, um, all of the taxes, all of that, I really, at that same time when I started tithing, I really diligently, very diligently, not always perfect, but diligent, um, I really started focusing on paying my debt off. And mind you, I'm only making like, at the time when I first started my job, like 25000 30000 a year, which isn't a lot, just to let you guys know, if you don't know that, um, is 
And so I have debt that supersedes, completely supersedes what my annual income is. And I was, I would cry multiple times. I was very emotional about it. But um, I just started focusing in on it. And, and one by one, I, I moved back with my parents, humbling at 23 years old, not being in school or anything like that. Very humbling to move back home. Moved back home, and I made a pact with my parents. Again, this is accountability. Is I said, Mom, Dad, I'm in this you know, debt issue. Instead, because my parents are always like, if you're an adult and you're capable of working, you pay rent if you live at home. That's just the way it is, <laughs> rightly so. Um, but I went in and I said, I really want to get rid of my debt. They knew everything. There was no secrets. And I went and moved home. And, in, and I said, instead of me paying rent for $500 a month, would you mind if I paid a bill off every month? God bless my parents. <laughs> they allowed me to do it. And um, through that, the Lord did multiple things in my heart. But, and I would go to them every month and say, they didn't ask me to do this, I did this. Is there's an accountability. And I went and I said every month, I was like, okay, mom and dad, this is the bill I paid off. This is what I put the $500 toward every single month so that they knew I wasn't booking a free ride and just kind of living frivolously. Um, all of that addressed my spending habits. It addressed my habits, really. Um, I stopped shopping as much. It broke that habit in my life because it was a place of fulfillment, identity, all whole deal. And um, shopping started to end as much as it was difficult. <laughs> um, I started making different choices about where, like eating out, simple, practical things of just making choices. Long story short, maybe four years, slowly but surely I concluded with my medical bills. That was my first and foremost thing that I wanted to pay off was my medical debt. Um, paid off my medical bills. Um, my car was a big issue. That's, it's not paid off yet, still working on that one. Um, but all that to say is even transferring into my job, the things that the Lord did in my life of addressing attitudes towards my boss, attitudes towards work, just attitudes, bad attitudes. And as he addressed those heart issues, there was also an outworking of that in the practical in a practical way of how are you going to respond to your boss? How are you going to spend your money this week? How are you, are you still going to tithe? Because tithe can be a solid chunk of money and that can actually sometimes pay off a bill. Glory be. Um, but just going, I'm going to tithe. And then even giving above tithe whether it be supporting someone, whether it be a specific ministry, whatever that may be, of going, I'm going to give over and above. Because I want to be, Bethany talked about it last week, a, a generous person, to have a generous spirit. And that builds faith, builds trust, goes beyond who we are and what we think is right or wrong and what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, all that to say is favor started accruing. I didn't see it outwardly um, manifesting in necessarily always the tangible things. There's many times that I would break down crying um, from being overwhelmed again. But there was favor that started accruing towards me at work through my boss, 
through my accounts that I work with. I do wholesale sales, so I work with accounts. And um, there was just favor that started coming my way. And with that to say, my boss, um, taxes came around again, and it was like a snowball effect. If you have any any IRS interaction, Steve, I know you do. <laughs> um, if you have any, there is a, a interest when you have, Steve's probably on the other side. Steve wouldn't want to talk to me. <laughs> um, but uh, there's an interest that comes when you have debt kind of sitting there. And there's like a daily interest. It's not like an annual interest. It's like a daily deal. So it really kind of grows really fast, and it's horrifying and depressing. Um, but that started happening. Again, probably fast forward from maybe, how old am I? Maybe 25. I was 25, maybe. Um, my boss generously gave me an advance in my paycheck to pay off my debt, and my tax debt. And that's like relieving at the moment, right? You're just like, yes. And he was like, don't pay the interest. Let me just pay you, and then you can kind of feed it back to me through your paychecks. And I was like, cool, I'll take that. I'm saving money. And I'm getting paid off in the moment. Well, that goes by, again, taxes come up. And they're like, oh, PSU owe, let's say, three grand. And at the moment, when taxes come, because I wasn't paying up through the year, Taxes come around again probably when I'm 27. And taxes, again, like I'm repeating myself because I'm trying to think what time periods it was at. But taxes come again at 27, and I'm again behind the eight ball. And I'm just like, seriously, like, you're paying this off. This has been an ongoing thing. Can you get it together? Like, and, and even getting a little frustrated and all of that. And so for the past two years, I've been behind on taxes again. And this previous year, past April, I again had a breakdown not very long ago. I had a very solid breakdown. I called my dad again. <laughs> and um, I was literally, it was overwhelming. You know how when you, and I'm going to share this because it expresses an emotion of how overwhelming it is. You know how, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. If you've not, that's not a bad thing. When you are crying, maybe when you were a child, um, when you're crying and you almost can't breathe, and you're like, <laughs> like that kind of, that's the emotion. That's how in, it was so intense. And I was just like, <laughs> Like, I don't know. What I'm, and like, and then fighting this, you know, you've seen moments of breakthrough, but never seen the fullness of breakthrough. So I've been fighting it now for, you know, I was fighting it for at the time, you know, five, a good solid five years. And I'm just like, why am I back into this again? Like, seriously, God, like I have done this, 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 which we're going to go through all of this, this, this. Um, I've done all of this, my attitude you've addressed, my finances you've addressed, my habits you've addressed. You've done all of this, and I feel like I've been obedient. Like, I feel like I've been doing, you said do this, and this will be added unto you. I'm doing it. Where's the added unto me? Like, where is that? I, um, you, again, long story short, in that moment, made a phone call, and the, Bethany was very honest. I love honest friends. I 
love honest people. She was very honest with me and, and was very straight. And she said, Chris, because I shared all that emotion with her of, I've done it. I've done this. I've done that. And I'm not getting to where it says that I'm supposed to be at. And um, she was like, well, why don't you check your heart? <laughs> because it really addressed an issue in my heart of doing in a place, how do I ex- say it, is almost doing, like we sometimes think like one plus two equals three, and it doesn't always work. Like we think it's like this formula, and it doesn't always work that way with the Lord. It's, it's like there's principles of like reaping and sowing and all of that, but it doesn't always look like one plus two is three. Like it can be like two plus one plus two minus one equals three. Like it can be like all divided, you know, you can make it a huge complicated uh, equation and it still equals three at the end of the day. And um, so what was being addressed were these attitudes, was really ultimately that attitude of I was doing it rather than as service unto the Lord and as just truly worship and trusting him, it went a little deeper than that of going, okay, I'm not doing this to get here. I'm not doing this to get there or to accomplish this or to succeed at that or to have like one up on myself here. Is it, it addressed an attitude of complete trust and dependency on the Lord. That, and, and that changed another attitude at work that I didn't even know I had, and apparently I did, um, of kind of like an Omi type of thing. And you know, like for some reason, if you've experienced it, when you get favor on your life, there's, it's, it, to outwardly, people sometimes might look at it and go, oh, she's so lucky. They're so lucky. They just, they get it. You know, everything, they just don't do anything. It just comes their way. And, um, but the thing is, is especially if you're walking with the Lord, is it addresses a whole other ball game of attitudes. It addresses pride in your life. It, it, it addresses um, areas of like, um, like a you owe me attitude or like you almost take it for granted of like, I get it. Like I, 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 I get that and I don't have to work for it. And it just comes to me. Um, it addresses those attitudes. And so that attitude was addressed this past April. I was a mess when I recognized it in myself. And I don't want to sound over spiritual because I need more. <laughs> but I was really, the next day I was just on the floor just crying and repenting to the Lord of like, and, and again, releasing everything. There's a scripture that has been a, uh, what is it, a hallmark of my life. It's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, where it says, and I, and I love it. <laughs> it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so it's literally, I'm on the floor just like before the Lord and just crying and being like, God, I trust in you. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding more. I'm not going to put my dependency on even the favor and the blessings and, and all of this that I've had and experienced. I'm not, I, I give it to you. Again, it was that place of I give it to you, Lord. I give it to you. I give you my debt. I give you my finances. I give you the blessings. And I give you not the blessings, whatever. The, I don't want to call them curses, but because they weren't, but it was just not the blessing. Um, and just giving it to the Lord and, and weeping. And I'm not kidding you, not kidding you. The very next day, the next day, not exaggerating at all, my boss comes into my office 
and goes, Crystal, and, and if you knew my boss, glory be. <laughs> um, he comes into my office. I was like, Crystal, dude, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, not because he could see, I, uh, he could definitely tangibly see that there was a, a weight on me. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Sometimes bad, sometimes good. Um, and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I don't want to tell my boss because that's like, kind of like a personal, like, I don't want you to feel like I'm expecting more to be paid. I don't want to, I, I don't ask for money. It's just something the Lord's asked me to not ask for. Um, and so he, he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, and I, I said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'll work it out. Just stuff. And he's like, no, tell me what is wrong. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I said my taxes, um, it was, and I told him the amount and I'm talking over 10 grand. Like it was a big amount for me. Very big. Might not be for you people, but it was for me. Um, <laughs> um, but it was over that, well over that. And he said, you know what? And, I, and he's already given me an advance about four, three, four years ago. So I'm like, I don't want to ask him again. Like he's already been super generous. He's already been really kind. And I'm not going to ask for that again. And I don't want him to think I'm taking advantage of him because he's done it for me before. I'm asking for it again. And um, so I go, I, I tell him, you know, this is the amount. This is, and he's like, all right, dude. He's like, here's, and he uses dude. I'm not lying. That's my boss. Um, I use dude too. So if you hear it, don't take it personal. Um, I told him the amount. He was like, let me write you out a, pay, a check. And I was like, what? Like, and I, I told him, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to write me out a check. Like it is what it is. I've made my decisions. Like I've made my choices. And he looked at me, he's like, no, let me write you out a check. How much is it? And I want you to figure out how much you need to be paid each month so that you can live and live comfortably and pay your bills. And I'm going to give you an advance so that you can pay it off. And then each month, of course, it would still be deducted from my paycheck, but I would have a definite amount. So I wasn't like, you know, on the, you know, getting food stamps or something. Um, so I've learned to live at one income. <laughs> I, my income has grown over the years, but I'm still at the same income in my pocket <laughs> because of the bill, which is an okay thing. Um, but he gave it to me, and that's going to be done and taken care of in probably the next two months. And on top of it, he gave me, I've always done my taxes on my own, one big no-no. <laughs> Don't do your taxes on your own. Um, he gave me a CPA agent to work with, and he refiled about probably the past four years of my taxes, which gave me about, I'm not going to lie, about $10,000 back. So he completely just refiled everything. I don't know what the word is when they refile or re annul. What was it? Amended return. That's it. <laughs> so, um, and I, you should have seen me. Izzy was in the kitchen. It came in and I'm like, 
like just totally excited about it. Um, and that's going to pay my taxes for this year, which is going to get me way ahead of the game and get me on track so I'm not constantly playing catch up. So that's in the bank and in savings. And hopefully I don't have to pay that much in taxes this year because I have someone doing it. Um, and my boss hooked me up with that. He gave me the information. He told me the guy to go to, all of the above. And I did that. So there's like in the, there's been a long history. I'm not fully there. I still want to get my car paid off and taken care of. I'm working at things like, you know, like targeting them. And, um, but there's huge and tremendous breakthrough that I've been, I've seen and continuing to have in my life. So what I want to, where am I out of time? Because I was longer than I thought. Ooh. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip through some of this really quick. Because I want to give you guys some practicals on if you desire, and it might not be debt for you. Maybe, it may be influence. You know, it may be influence in your job. It may be influence in ministry. It may be gosh, I don't know, your own business that you want to run. It may be your own ministry you want. It could be, I don't know what it is. I could, I don't know. But it doesn't necessarily have to transfer into money the way it did for me and taught me this. It could transfer in numerous ways. If you want more authority in the spirit, you want leadership, this is all the same principle. It's all the same principle. Um, so I'm going back to stewardship. Again, this is the teaching part, so get ready. And I'm going to zip through it, try to, because I'm long-winded. Um, stewardship in the Webster's Dictionary means the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And when I read that, I was like, responsible management, something entrusted. Okay, cool. Got it. So I started asking my question, how do I become a good steward? How do I become one who can be entrusted, who can be seen as responsible, who can manage something that might not be even my own? Well, the first thing that I had to, and again, going back to my testimony, the first thing I had to come to an understanding, and it was a continual, you know, the whole brings you deeper and deeper. The Lord does that. It's beautiful. So don't think that one revelation means you've got it. Because he's got more to give even in that one area of your life, in that revelation. Um, but I had to come to an understanding that nothing is my own. Nothing. Not one thing. Nothing. Um, it says in Psalms 24 that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It says in Genesis 1.28 that he gave us dominion over the birds, the fish, the animals, all of, the, all of his creation. It, it echoed, the, that scripture is echoed in Psalms 8 where it says he gave us dominion over the works of his hands. Do you know what that means? He's entrusted us to be managers and administrators of all that he's created. And he created everything. Even you. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 19 says, Flee from sexual immorality for our bodies he created and were made to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. Even your very body is not your own. In Job, it says that we came with nothing, 
we'll leave with nothing. We came naked into this world. We're going to leave with nothing. We're going to leave naked. I don't know. <laughs> but we have nothing. Nothing is our own. Not a one thing. Not even your soul. We have a choice. He's given us, he's entrusted us to have choice. But at the end of the day, in this moment, if God wanted to snuff it out, he absolutely could. He won't. Um, <laughs> but if he did, he has that authority and that power to do. And so we need to come as stewards, as ones who have been called as stewards, to recognize that nothing's are on the house you own or don't own is not your own. The car you own is not your own. Nothing. Nothing is your own. What you think you have, you actually don't have because it's not yours. Um, next, ne you know, the second point. So first thing, nothing is our own. Number two, we need to be found faithful. It says in 1 Corinthians 4.2, it is required. It's a requirement of a steward to be found faithful. It's required of us. It's not a, oh, you could or you couldn't. You have a, you know, it's a requirement. If you want to be a steward, it's required of you to be found faithful. This is a big one. Goes back, I'm not going to go into all the breakdown. You can read Matthew 25, 14 through 30, where it talks about the parable of the talents. You know, one was given five, one was given four, one three, one one. And at the end, the one that had only one, it was taken away because he wasn't found faithful. All the rest, it was well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. And so they were entrusted with something, and the way they handled it, the way they stewarded it, the choices they made with what they were given, according to their ability. Side note, the Lord only gives you what you're capable of. So when you feel overwhelmed, it's not that you're not, there's an, the Lord only gives, and there's a scripture that says he'll only give you, a, uh, allow, I'm, I might be misquoting it, but there's a scripture that says attempt, he will never allow a temptation to come that we cannot overcome. He never gives us something that we have no power to either handle it, do it, overcome it, follow through with it, whatever it may be. He's very gracious. Um, and that's what I love about Matthew 25 is that it was according to each one's ability. Um, we need to be found faithful with what is given to us, not just 10%. The church kind of, you know, uh, at large, I'm saying sometimes really, um, magnifies the whole 10% thing. But what we need to understand is God doesn't just have nor need nor deserve what all the adjectives that you can say about 10% of what we should or shouldn't do it's not about that. It's 100% is his. My paycheck is his. Going back to the shopping habits, going back to all of that stuff, literally it was constant for a while. It was, can I buy this? It was like I had to ask permission for everything. Sometimes I still do, but I'm like, can I? I really want it. Can I have it? Can I have it? <laughs> um, it is, there was so many times that I had to ask, and there was, and ultimately now it's like, I get a simple check. Again, I'm not perfect. What does it say? A righteous man may fall seven times, but he rises back up again. There's times where I've ignored it. There is, be honest. I'm not perfect. But there's times now where I don't have to necessarily ask, can I, Lord? I just know. No, no, I got to check my spirit. That is not happening. I'm not buying that. As much as I want that, I'll wait for it. Um, 
So we have to recognize that 100% going back to nothing is our own, 100% is his. Um, Another quick thing on being found faithful, which I, oh, I want to read this because Hudson Taylor said it. Um, He said, small things are small things, but faithfulness with a small thing is a big thing. And I love that because it goes back to being faithful with the little so that you can be given much in Luke 16. If we can be faithful with the one talent, the three talents, whatever that is for you, if you're being faithful in the little areas, showing up on time to work, showing up on time to volunteer, showing up on time is a very simple, small thing. But if we show ourselves faithful in that area, the Lord will give us much. Um, if we desire to do more, we will be faithful um, with those small things. Another quick note, again, going back to Luke 16, is being faithful with what is another's. And um, that's one thing my dad always taught me, going back to dad. Um, when you borrow, do you return it in good shape? He taught me this thing of if you borrow somebody's car, you return it with a full tank. Maybe vacuum it out a little bit you know, wipe down the whatever, clean out the trash. As you go above and beyond, that would, you know, and, and it's out of the gratitude, it's out of that, but it's being a faithful steward with what you have. I rent, and I, lo- I, I look at it as if it's my own. There is a sense of ownership that I take, but I rent my apartment, but I always am looking at it going, this is not my own. I honestly want to own a house one day. I really do. But there's something in a practical sense that the Lord's like, you can't even vacuum your own bedroom. Get over yourself. Own your own house, please. Like, and it's like those little things that he's like, can you do this? Because he does desire to give us more. He does desire to give us more influence. He desires to give us more authority. And if we can handle those small things like vacuuming our bedrooms, he actually will, that can transfer into authority in the spirit. Isn't that crazy? It's, I've seen it. I've experienced it. There's little places and areas that he touches on, and all of a sudden I like step in. I'm like, whoa, I have authority there. Like, weird. But it's cool because it's a principle of the kingdom that if you, if you are faithful with what is another's, if you're faithful with what is little, you'll be given much and you'll be granted even more influence or more things. Um, I do want to read something. What am I at for time? Sorry, D. I'm like apologizing. 40 minutes. Can I go five more minutes? Um, I know. Sorry, guys. I don't care about football. <laughs> I don't. I'm not interested. It's weird to me. It's, cr- it's weird. Um, okay, let me read this because I love this. This is about um, faithfulness builds character. And I want to read this because it hits at home, and then I'm going to move on from this point. Um, this book, Your Money Counts, Practical Application. Yes, I've done it. Um, money must Money most common of temporal things involves uncommon and eternal consequences. Even though it may be done quite unconsciously, money molds people. In the process of getting it, of saving it, of using it, of giving it, of accounting for it, depending upon how it is handled, it proves a blessing or a curse to its possessor. Either the person becomes master of the money, or the money becomes master of the person. Our Lord takes money, the thing that essential, though it is common, sometimes seems so sordid. I looked up sordid. Dull. It seems so dull. Mundane. 
And he makes it a touchstone to test the lives of people and an instrument for molding them into the likeness of himself. Faithfulness. Mold character. Last point to finish up is, it goes back to, is third point, if you're taking notes, um, be content. Once we know God's part and do our part, we will find contentment. If you're not content with where you're at, if you're not content where you're at in school, if you're not content with where you live, not content with relationships, not content with your income, not, con- not, not content, you want more. I, I think all of us could relate to that in one form or another in this room. But if we can recognize that it's just about stewarding what's put before us, I've been at my job for seven years. It's become mundane. That's not to boast. It's very mundane. I know it like the back of my hand. It's not exciting to me anymore. It's not thrilling. It's sometimes wearisome to me. But there's a place of it has been put before me to steward. And until the Lord moves me from this place, till he opens a door for me to step into another area, whatever that looks like, I don't know. I'm going to faithfully do it. And there's surprisingly a contentedness. That contentedness, Christina? <laughs> there's, a, there's a content that you find that you have, and you rest in that. And there's a trust that you find yourself feeling before the Lord. There's a place of just, it's, it's not always looking for the next, the biggest, the greatest, going back to the tossing of the wind and ships tossed to and fro in the storms. I don't want to be that personally. I want to be found steady and I want to be found faithful. And that's only found in the place of being content with what you're given. Because the Lord desires to give you more. He does. He desires to give you more of whatever that is in each of your lives. And he wants to, but he wants to see that you've been faithful and stewarded with what you have so that you then can be given all that he has to offer you. In Ecclesiastes, I love the whole book. It talks a lot about vanity of vanities, labor, working, enjoyment, blessings, all of the above. It's all vanity. It's like chasing the wind. You'll never catch it. You'll never be happy no matter how much money you make, no matter how successful you become, no matter how influential you become, no matter how much authority you possess, no matter how big your house is, you will never be happy if you don't come to the place of it's not your own, number one. You are being found faithful, number two, with everything, big, small, indifferent. And also within that, you become content with what you have. Because I go at the very end of Ecclesiastes, he's, he ends with really what his solution was for it's all vanity. Everything, nothing's new under the sun. It's all vanity. What's the point of living? What's the point of it all? It's all chasing the wind. He comes to one solid conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands. That's the solution. And so going back to the place of practical, get whatever it is. I don't know what you're in, but like get practical application for what you need. I did a budget. I did a your money counts thing. I had accountability people in my life. I, I followed certain things that were Bible. And the Lord has brought breakthrough in my life. Because to close, 
I want to be someone who hears the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of your God. I want to be that person. I, I want to, and I want to enter with joy in my heart. And I believe and know that you all desire that as well. So I encourage you, whatever is before you, steward it. Steward it faithfully. Because you will find in years to come, you're going to look back at the hard times. You're going to look back at the troubled times. You're going to look back at the mundane times. And you go, I get it. I get it. That's why. Because I would never have been able to handle this if I couldn't learn to handle that. I would never. It's, it's a natural process of growing. So just know that there's a process of time. And just be faithful. Be content with what you have. And the Lord will answer your dreams. He will respond to you. He will break in and break through. He is a good God who gives good gifts to his children. And he does not withhold So be found faithful, and in due time, time is a beautiful thing. In due time, the Lord will respond, and you'll see major breakthrough in your life. Love you guys. All right. Thank you, Crystal, for the word uh, this evening. I know some of us are itching. Not me, because I don't really care about this game at all. Pats aren't playing. I, I have no interest um, other than the commercials, right, Ricardo? Okay, um, we're going to do a couple things just before we conclude. You know, I love the message of stewardship because, you know, we usually hear two types of message when it comes, messages when it comes to our finances or the way we handle um, life and stuff. And it, you're usually hearing from the prosperity crowd. You know, we all know what that is. Or you're, heal- you're hearing from the uh, vow of poverty and, and I would just like to submit to us today that I think it's about stewardship. I don't like to get into the Word of Faith camp and prosperity gospel, and I certainly am not fully convinced of taking a vow of poverty, uh, but I'm in. I'm really in. I'm really in to stewarding uh, my finances in my life before the Lord. Listen, listen, uh, the, I said this last Sunday when we talked about generosity. It's not about money. The Lord wants far much more than your money. That's the thing. He wants a lot more than your, your dollars in the basket and, and your sowing into missions in the kingdom of God. He wants your heart. Amen. Okay, why don't we stand to our feet? I know you guys are itching. We're going to take communion. We haven't taken, taken communion for a, a while, but we're going to do it today. And we're simply just going to uh, have some worship time. And you can make a line here and just... Uh, um, you know, uh, 